Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page four of Alien Hunger. This is another white on black illustration page. Last time we had a shabby illustration of a sort of denim-wearing anime-style hero with spiky hair uh, being set upon by a bunch of ugly vampires. Very much not what Vampire the Masquerade is. This page is what Vampire the Masquerade is. At the bottom of this page, you're going to see a little quote from The Tempest in white in italics. If we could just black this out, this page would be perfect. For the first time in MDC history, I would have to say, this page is spotless. I, I cannot accuse this page. It is free to go. Fortunately for us, quoting Shakespeare always very hit or miss, and it missed in this case. So narrowly, I am able to podcast about this page, but we'll get to the negative stuff later. As, as longtime listeners know, I like to focus on the positive, and at the top of this page, we have something I really love. There's an illustration here. This is the traditional spot for sexy illustrations in a vampire book. And this is a great example of it. Um, we have uh, this person. I have no idea what their gender is supposed to be. Definitely gives me an envy vibe. They have, I'm going to say stringy black hair, and you're going to see something uh, hideous, not something so, so hot. But just believe me when I, all right, you know what? Don't believe me. Go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. I'll put this picture up there, and you'll see. This is like, this is that good stringy black hair. They've got these like heavily like these lidded eyes and they're looking at the viewer. They have like these mismatched earrings on, these like dark lips. Uh, they're biting their wrist. There's blood trickling out. They're wearing this kind of like, okay, slightly twee charm bracelet. But you know what? That was the way it was at the time. That was the fashion at the time. It's <laughs> it's like death from Sandman. If you ever go back and read Sandman, where it's like, oh yeah, like she's kind of she's kind of obnoxious, but like nobody knew that at the time. So like if you're if you're obnoxious in perfect accordance with the zeitgeist, it's like you're not obnoxious at all. And that's how I feel about this little bracelet that this person is wearing. Everything like the cheeks, the nose, because the cheeks are like very kind of hollow. It's oh, I have a real crush on this page. I've podcasted about this page multiple times. <laughs> I've I lost some audio. And every time I look at this picture, I am hotter for this fucking vampire. This page would be perfect. If it were just this illustration, it, it's impeccable. Because not only is this just hot in its own right, but also this is an iconic Vampire the Masquerade scene. Like, biting open your wrist, bleeding like blood out to trickle into someone's mouth to raise them from the dead. In this like very sexually charged way. The death aspect, the sex aspect, the blood aspect, all that coming together. Perfect. The iconography, it's great. Then at the bottom of the page, we have the quote. Graves at my command have waked their sleepers, oped and led them forth by my so potent art. And this is credited to Shakespeare, the Tempest, which like, okay, Shakespeare didn't say it, Prospero said it. But Prospero is kind of Shakespeare in this scene, so whatever, I'll, I can give it a pass. What I cannot give a pass is the fact that this is a perfectly good Shakespeare quote, drastically misapplied. So in context, this is from a speech that Prospero is giving about how he is going to, you know, abandon his art. Um, he's going to throw his books in the sea. He's going to break his staff over his knee. Um, he's going to fly his flying carpet directly into the sun and dive off at the last minute. He's done being a wizard for, you know, 
I don't, political, re- I, I don't know, I haven't read The Tempest recently. Anyway, he's giving up his art. And people have interpreted this as being something Shakespeare is like saying about himself metaphorically. He's bragging, though, on his way out, <laughs> taking his last opportunity to brag before he gives something up, which I think is something we can all relate to. You're about to like make a noble sacrifice and like, that's right, I'm giving it all up. This is the last time that I will blah, 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 blah. Remember how great I was that one time? It's all over now. And remember that other time I was great? No more. He's bragging that he is he has opened up graves and like commanded the dead people to rise up, which you would think perfect vampire stuff, right? In fact, it could be really interesting. Like I can imagine the adventure where this is an appropriate opening quote. There are lots of things this quote could relate to. If you had somebody who had like achieved the ability to raise the dead through some kind of advanced mastery of like their magic or their science or whatever it was. And there was hubris because they were capable of this, or maybe they were sort of like staggered themselves by the implications of that, then sure, that would be great. This would be an appropriate quote. Likewise, if you had a character like an elder vampire who had created progeny, but now had to like give up the power that had allowed them to do that, like an elder who was going to go to their final death because of, you know, ennui or because of like there was some other like greater supernatural foe, they had to sacrifice themselves, whatever. That would work too. In fact, most vampire campaigns, probably this quote could work because you would have a scene like the one depicted above where you have this vampire giving their own essence, giving their blood to someone else, passing on the curse of their own undead existence to this other person to raise them from death to life. It would be generic for a vampire the masquerade campaign because that's like a basic part of the setting, but at least it would be applicable. This scene depicted so hotly above this does not take place in this adventure unusually it does not take place in this adventure like normally that's in a vampire the masquerade story not in this one all the vampires in this story get embraced in weird ways as we will see there's a character who finds a way to raise people from the dead that's like slightly non-standard but it's not like they found like the magical secret of resurrection it's like all vampires have the ability to raise the dead but they figured out how to do it in um like a weird dorky way basically <laughs> it's like it's like they're the hairstylist who discovered the flow bee like this is like I, mine is the power to cut hair and it's like yeah we 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 can all do that but we don't look like dumbasses um there, nobody gives up being an elder vampire or gives up their ancient power for any reason in this story there really is no applicability except for things coming out of graves which is like that's not low-hanging fruit for a vampire campaign. That's like fucking windfall. That that plum is on the ground. That does not count. This quote is nothing. And this illustration, hot as it is, is an illustration of a thing that is in almost all vampire stories, but not this one. So it's hard to give these points to the book itself. This illustration is from a better story. This quote is a quote that would apply to a better adventure. Their presence here only makes this book look bad. Because like I look at this page... And it's like, the Tempest is what I want to be reading. This non-binary vampire is who I want to be fucking, not the losers in this story. This is the kind of vampire story I want to be in. And this is the aesthetic I would love to see. None of these things are to be seen ever again in this book. So the dumbest thing on this page, I guess, is that it just shouldn't have been allowed to be here making the rest of the book look bad. Do I think they should have put a less hot vampire on this page? I'm not saying that. But I do think... Given they've got a certain amount of vampire art to go around, this vampire should have been saved for a better occasion, I feel. Anyway, this page covers two elements of the trifecta of uh, pretentious vampire supplement introductions, 
the white on black art and the quote from an inarguably literary source to class the book up. Join me next time for the third element of the trifecta, god-awful opening fiction on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time. <laughs>